You're listening to YYFM. Hello, my name's Alau, and I recently spoke to Gillian, the founder of Melanoma UK. Now, Gillian is an inspiring woman, and she carries with her a vitally important message. The first question is really, how did the whole organisation start? So, we're going back a long way to... 2002 and um, we had a family friend called John who was from Northern Ireland but he was um, studying and working in England at the time and and uh, we, we knew him well and he rang one day and said um, he'd had a mole on his arm and he'd had it removed and I said oh okay because I, I knew nothing about melanoma at that point um, and then he said a few weeks later he rang me back and said you know the mole I had removed he said it, it tested positive for melanoma and still I went Okay, because I, I genuinely had no idea. I was very naive and very guilty of thinking um, that melanoma was just skin cancer. Um, it could be cut out and, then, and, and, you, and you walked away from it, um, which in a, a lot of occasions, that, that, that is what happens. Anyway, um, move on then to 2006 and um, John was in the shower one morning and, and was like you know, washing his neck and felt a, 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 quite a noticeable lump under his neck and one in his armpit. Went to see the doctor um, that tested positive for melanoma. And then um, the following year, which was 2007, he found a lump in, in the same place. Uh, and by this time he'd, he'd progressed to stage four melanoma. Within a few weeks of him finding this, we found out that it had spread to his brain. And it, sadly he died in, in May of 2008. So it was a very, very short d disease for him. Um, back then we had absolutely no treatments in melanoma. What used to happen traditionally in those days was a patient would be given radiotherapy, which we, we knew had little effect in melanoma, and a, a very old um, chemotherapy drug called Ducarbazine, and, th and that did nothing in melanoma. It's rarely used these days. It's only used in kind of desperate measures now. So, um, as I say, he died, but uh, the months leading up to his death, I said to him, this is ridiculous. I said, how can there not be a cure for this disease that, you know, we, we, we we know can be brought about by the sun. We know the dangers of sunbeds, etc. But there isn't a cure for it. And I said, what I'd like to do is to do some help to fund some research in in your name. And he said, yeah, that that'd be great. I'd love, you know. He said, um, um, I'd love it if patients were supported because he said I've never spoken to any other melanoma patients. He said, whenever I go to clinic, um, I speak to testicular cancer patients or to breast cancer patients. He said, but there's no, bearing in mind he was very young as well. He was only 30 when he died. So a very young man having to speak to very elderly people going through cancer. He just said, I've got nothing in common with any of these people. There's no commonality. So um, I started to do some fundraising, started to do some awareness of melanoma. And I always say at this point, it, it's be very careful what you wish for because eventually I'd created my own little monster and I, I couldn't walk away from it because I started getting involved with, with NICE, uh, with, with helping with NICE appraisals in, in, in melanoma, with, with, um, with melanoma drug appraisals in, in Scotland. And eventually patients got to know who I was and said, can you help us? We need some help. So I worked in law. My background was in law. I spent 25 years in law and was speaking to one of my friends in the firm one day and I said I, I can't do this anymore I can't do my full-time role plus do the charity stuff and she said why don't you take it out and onto into its own in, in its own area I, I'll help you do it 
Um, so I spoke to a, a couple of pharmaceutical companies who've been supporting us and said, look, this is what I want to do. And they said, well, we can help you with the initial setup, but after that, you will have to make it pay. You have to make it work. So that's what I did. So in 2012, I left my 25 year career in law and set up Melanoma UK and here we are. So that is a very, very brief whistle stop tour of, of how we came to be here and uh, yeah. And it's just amazing, isn't it? Because it's gone from strength to strength. And I was doing some research, obviously, I wanted to know a bit more before doing this. And I've seen that you made your stamp at Westminster as well. Yes, uh, we, we, you know, I, I seem to spend more time in Westminster in the last few years than, than, I, than I have at home. Um, we, we have a number of really good parliamentarians who, who support a lot of our work. So um, I'm guessing Chris Bryant might be a name that you're familiar with. Um, he's uh, MP for uh, Rhonda, that's, so that's your neck of the woods, isn't it? And, and, and so, so Chris was diagnosed probably coming up three years ago. So he's one of our one of our ambassadors. And um, Pauline Latham, MP, she's been great for us. Her brother died of melanoma many years ago. She's had a couple of melanomas removed as well. So. Um, yeah, we, we, we do spend a, a, a lot more time than I'd like in Westminster, really. Obviously not these last 12 months, uh, but yeah, we, we, we do do a lot of work there. And over the last few years, have you seen a development in medical milestones when it comes to melanoma? Has there not been very much? Loads absolutely loads so so medical people will say if there's ever a time to be diagnosed with melanoma it, it, it's now so if you think back to when, when I explained about about John dying John died in 2008 with absolutely no treatments and he had um with no treatments a three to six month life expectancy so that's in melanoma that's your life expectancy with no treatment we have patients now because of the treatments that that, that have been brought on in the last few years living five and, and, and ten years which is it, it just mind-blowing for us because as I say we we never thought we would get to that point so in 2011 I think it was we did our first ever nice appraisal and that was for a drug called ipilimumab and um, we nice originally said no and it was based on the massive cost of it so we galvanized a set of patients and took them back into Westminster and said, look, can, can, can we talk to you and, and, and get you to have a look at this? Because we want to go back to NICE and say, actually, these patients do need this because that, that's all they had at that time. Can you imagine? You're being told you, you've got a, a, a terminal illness. There's a treatment there that you can have, but it's too much. So it didn't sit well with us. So we, anyway, long story short, we, we managed to turn that decision around with NICE and we got, and, and that was the first ever immunotherapy drug to treat melanoma in, in this country. And then it was like the floodgates had opened because every pharmaceutical company was going, we've got to get into melanoma. We need to work on melanoma. And there's loads and loads of treatments now. And the beauty of, of all, all this is now, if you fail on one treatment, there's another one waiting, which years and years ago, if you failed the treatment, well, that was it pretty much. So yeah, a, a, a lot. It's really, I mean, I'm not a clinician, I'm not, I'm not a medic, but I can imagine it's very, very exciting to be a, a medic in, in, in this world right now. And I assume, have you seen an increase in people as well coming to you? Are people more aware now of checking their bodies? Good question. You'd like to think so, um, but no. <laughs> I spoke to somebody a few days ago who said that he'd had um, a mole and he'd had it, I think he said he'd had it for nine months before he did anything about it. 
and, and, and that's not unusual, especially in men, unfortunately. Men are, we're dif women are different because we look at our faces in the mirror and if we see something, it's like, mm, better get that checked, but blokes are terrible. Um, so I said to him, if you had broken down in your car this morning, would you wait nine months? You'd be in the garage by lunchtime, but yet your skin, your biggest organ, you're covered in it from head to foot, your lips, the soles of your feet, your hands, yet you'd leave it. So people are aware and they see the blemishes, but they just think, ah, oh, it's about, I was speaking to a patient only yesterday who said he was so busy with work. He said, I would get into my car in the morning, drive past the doctor's surgery, drive past it again at night on the way home and never stop to think I need to go and and he waited probably the best part of a year and he was diagnosed with a stage 3c melanoma so yeah we are getting more and more aware because of the work that we do and other organizations like us but we've, we've got such a long way to go mm, what would you say is the most common misconception or the most frustrating part about melanoma what people think like you just yeah. said you know you just left it didn't think anything of it I think that one of the most common um, misconceptions that drives us absolutely crazy is when people say, oh, it, but it's only skin cancer, only skin cancer. Now, if you said that to um, a breast cancer patient, you've only got breast cancer, they would go mental. They would go absolutely crazy because it's rude, it's derogatory, it's just brushing this disease into a place where, where, it, where it shouldn't be. You know, as I said a minute ago, our skin's our biggest organ. And we don't look after it, we burn it, we mistreat it, we tattoo it, we do, you know, it's, it's, it, the way we treat our skin is absolutely shocking. And then when we get skin cancer, people go, it's only, no, you can't keep saying it's only skin cancer. We, we, we need to, we have a hashtag actually, it's not just skin cancer. You can't, we, we, we need to move away from that because skin melanoma is one of the most curable cancers when it's caught early enough, like any disease. But when it's left, obviously, we, we're notoriously difficult to treat. So for someone to say it's just skin cancer, we, we, you know, we're really, really doing everything we can to move people away from that. And even when you know, patients are on treatment, they can, they can look really well. So you're on this really toxic treatment, but the, the, you know, a lot of them mean that you don't lose your hair, um, you, you, you don't, you're not very, very sick. Or some of them you are, but some of them you're not. You know, some patients, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Some patients will be very sick. Some patients will sail through them. So people, just because you've not lost your hair, it's only skin cancer, <laughs> drives us crazy. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And going back to your achievements, I've seen, because when I was doing my research, this particular interview popped up. And I remember watching this before going to school one day, and it was you on, on uh, Good Morning Britain with Piers Morgan. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, I couldn't believe I didn't put two and two together. But I remember, strange that I just particularly remember that before, you know, going to school. But how did all of that come about? So I... <laughs> Bizarrely, I like watching programs and reading things about serial killers. I, I don't know what that says about me, but oh, I'm saying <laughs> it's fascination, isn't it? I love watching stuff like that. So, um, Piers Morgan's, well, I think, no, they're not his life stories. There is was serial it, um, Yeah, killer women or something. Yeah, so this was the bloke one, this was the male ones, and it was. Somebody Rebus or Regis, his name was, and he anyway, notorious uh, serial killer. And it was at the point. So, so, so Piers Morgan was interviewing this guy in the big open space, 
and they were sitting right opposite each other like going you know kind of face to face and as the camera panned in on Piers Morgan he had an open neck shirt he didn't have a shirt and tie just an open neck shirt and I spotted something right there and I thought oh don't like the look of that and so <laughs> stop the television and my husband's going what are you doing I said look hang on a minute I need to so I, I took a I photographed it and then I enlarged it on my phone I thought that looks a bit strange it was a, a, a misshapen blemish on, on his neck and I thought okay so I had his email address because a, a few months before we'd launched our melanoma app, our patient registry, and he tweeted about it. So I'd already got his email address. So I thought, you know what? It can't help to just pop him a quick email and say, listen, <laughs> I just spotted this mole on you know, Will you get it checked? So I emailed him. He came back to me. He said, oh, yeah, I've had it looked at. It's fine, but thank you anyway. So I went, all right, that's great. So that was that. Anyway, a couple of months later, he emailed me and said, just want to let you know that um, I, I saw a dermatologist in London a few days ago and he wasn't happy with that. He's taken it off and he said, had I not been and done what I'd done, it could have been a much more serious situation. He said, so he's told me to give you a gold star and blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh yeah, that's great. I'm really glad that everything kind of has worked out safely for you. So I never said anything because I thought, Piers Morgan might be a private person. I now know that Piers Morgan is anything but private. So I never shared that with anybody. I never told anybody about it. But just, um, I was away at Christmas with my family in France and on Boxing Day, I think it was, my phone, I woke up in the morning, my phone was like a Christmas tree. There were messages from me in it. And I thought, what is this? And somebody said, you're on the, in every newspaper, Piers Morgan, the mole, and he, he, and obviously Piers being the publicist that he is, he released the story about himself and it just went utterly crazy. It, I think it was in about 80 or 90 websites. It was translated into different languages. And then he emailed me and said, um, you might be getting a few um, alerts only. This is what's happened. I said, a few alerts. Anyway, he, he messaged me just after Christmas and said, would you come on air and have a chat about it? So... I did that, so yeah, that's my claim to fame is that I've met Piers Morgan and I basically saved his life. Yeah, someone criticised me for that, but hey, yeah. <laughs> did you get any reaction following that interview? Uh, yeah, plenty of reaction, a lot of it good, some of it not nice. We I had a few um private messages via Facebook from people who'd got dodgy Facebook accounts and sent me rude messages, really nasty messages. Um, yeah, I can't even, can't even say what, what, what they said because this is going to go out on radio, isn't it? So I can't possibly say. But yeah, it, it, it wasn't nice. Um, but the majority of feedback was really, really good, saying, well done you. And I mean, Piers Morgan is like Marmite, isn't he? Love him or hate him. So a lot of people said, well done. A lot of people said, um, yeah, can't, can't begin to tell you, but yeah. So. But I think we on the on the positive side of that we had um a few people message to say um I had a similar thing, I've been and had that looked at because of what watching you on Good Morning Britain. So that's brilliant, you know. If if that if if what I did saves a few people's lives, then it's it's worth getting an abusive message. <laughs> well, what would you tell those that are listening now? Things to look out for. So Bearing in mind, as I say, skin's your biggest organ and we need to make sure that we, we protect it. Every use, use high factor sunscreen, don't burn, stay out of the midday sun, long sleeves, hats. For goodness sake, keep the children covered up because you know the children's skin is so so delicate. 
stay off sunbeds. If there's something that you're bothered about, then you're bothered about it enough to go, what's that? I've seen something, I need to get that checked out. Get it checked out. So you're looking for, the it's it's what's called the ABCDE rule of, of, of melanoma, of, of moles. So have a look at the website and people will see what, what that involves. It's, it's very easy, it's asymmetrical, border, um, is, is it circular, diameter, and has it evolved? In other words, has it changed shape? So you might be a very, very moldy person. You might have, you know, 40, 50 moles, but there might be just one that started to change. The moment you notice that and you, you, you've seen it, you think, actually, that, that didn't look like that three weeks ago, go and get that looked at. That's the, 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 the best advice that, that, that we can give, obviously, as well as not, not, not burning your skin, but always be very, very skin aware. Because just as people would check, you know, uh, breast for lumps, you, 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 men would check testicles, we need to check our skin as well. And not everything that, that, that looks, sometimes you'll look at something and think, oh, that doesn't look quite right. But then a doctor would look at that and say, well, actually, that one's fine, but that one isn't. And the one that you think is innocent, it's so difficult. So, I mean, the best thing that we, that we advise is to do the skin checks once a month, report anything that, that, that's really bothering you. Because when you get to a certain age, you don't develop new moles anyway. So anything that's new or changed on, on, on your body needs to be, you know, Pay, pay, we need to pay attention to it. We've had patients before who've reported a, a kind of, you know, pinky, blemishy, looks like a pimple, nothing like a mole. So it's so difficult to, to say to people, you need to look for this because it, it's never the same for, for any patient. Some patients have said, well, mine was an obvious, very, very, very dark mole. And some patients have said, well, mine was a tiny little white blemish that started itching. So it, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. Looking back at your career now over the past however many years, what would you say is your proudest moment? Can you pinpoint one or are there a few? I can never really pinpoint point one because there's, there's so many people over the years that, that, that we've helped and, and you know people will, will message you all the time and say, Thank you for what you did. If, if it hadn't been for you, for, for you stepping in, we, you know, my mum might not be here now, or you know, I did lose my dad, but you helped us to get to where we needed to be for the last few months of his life. So, it, 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 it's really tough. I, I think probably one of the proudest moments was when we got ipilimumab approved, when we got the first ever melanoma treatment approved, because that was so stressful to try and get that, and it was so good to see patients and families come along to Westminster and say. Yeah, I'm putting my hand up. I, I want to help here. So, so I was proud of that because I think, had I not been the driving force behind that, we might not have had. We would have got it approved at some point. But I think, had I not been there, kind of hammering on doors, we we might not have, have, have got to where we needed to be. Um, and I guess that the the, the, the sec another thing that I was particularly proud of <laughs> a few years ago. Um, I was at a, a, a dinner and uh, well, we, we were voted uh, in our local area for uh, like a hero award and it was it was Melanoma UK but obviously me as the head of the organisation went to collect the award and our Lord Mayor, I think it was, the Lord Mayor of Manchester was there and I ended up having an invitation to a garden party at Buckingham Palace so I was really proud of that. I lost my dad many, many years ago but if my dad had seen me walking through the palace... <laughs> He'd have been very proud that day. So yeah, that was a, that, that was a, ni a, a nice moment. Oh, that's lovely. Well, thank you very much. 
well, give the website out. Anybody wants to have a chat, if there's anything anybody needs to know, they can pick up the phone. We're always around. Deal Cambrando in YYFM. And for your goodness, fell him in the linear lane. Aki had a new bod, both of a Hiku Wednesday. Elchi, it's yyfm.com. Thanks for listening to YYFM. For more content like this, to follow us online, and to tell us what you want to hear more of, visit itsyyfm.com.